0: Welcome to the King's Island Central Podcast. KICentral.com is King's Island's ultimate fan site. Now, here's your host, Robbie Zerhusen.
1: Welcome to episode 10 of the King's Island Central Podcast, where we're going to review the 2020 season. Joining me is Brad Perdue. Hello. And Tom Pavlik. Hello. How are you? So, Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, um, currently this season and for the last oh, four seasons, I've been a part-time ride operator at Kings Island. Um, uh, I, Some of you know, some of you don't know, I, I only got the job because my daughter got a job at Kings Island, and I figured if I was going to drive her up there every day, they were going to pay me to do it, so... <laughs> thing you know um perhaps what jobs they would have uh to suit an old guy like me and um they said anything you want to do i said well i like roller coasters and they said uh okay sure um so so i started uh kind of right before haunt in uh 2017 um my home ride is is, at that time was diamondback um and back not because it was the biggest, the fastest. Um I didn't have to bend over too much for diamondback. And that's uh that suits my back just fine. And uh from there it's it's uh it's been a great run. They've worked with me. Um obviously um you know Kings Island is not my primary job. I'm I'm a corporate pilot um which um that's my regular job and it leads to a very unpredictable schedule, but Kings Island has been more than willing to work with me. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I don't even work a set schedule. They just said pretty much, Tom, come in when you can. Um, and that's why, you know, my home ride this year was Orion. Uh, a lot of times you'd find me on Orion, but sometimes you wouldn't find me on Orion. I'd be on Banshee or Diamondback or Mystic or Whitewater uh, and I'd pretty much go wherever they needed people. Um, uh, my philosophy there was just to make sure that, you know, the kids that are working, trying to make money, I, I never want to get in the way. I'm just out there having fun. Um, and that's, uh, it's been a great run for four years. Uh, I'm anticipating coming back for year five. Um, um, it's been a lot of fun.
0: It's always uh, cool to see uh, when they got to the park, where's Tom? at the park this day you know is is he at orion is he at misty diamondback
2: yeah you never you never know and uh and sometimes it changes and you have made one thing i never knew is is an enthusiast the phone in the station rings continuously and it's usually management wanting to talk to somebody or staffing um but basically when let's say orion would have 16 or 17 people you don't need 16 or 17 people to run the ride so they will take uh, some of those people and uh, what we know is being sent and uh, you get sent to other rides. Um, um, sometimes it's fun to be sent, sometimes it's not so fun to be sent, but <laughs> uh, it, it all depends on where you, where you end up. My personal thing is I, I never want to just stand there and, and watch the world go, go by. I'd rather be moving, let's, let's get those trains moving. Nobody likes to stand in line, move with a purpose, get it done. Um, so that's why I kind of tend to gravitate toward the bigger roller coasters um, other than the Beast. I, I, as much as I love the Beast to ride, um, I pretty much cannot take the bending over and checking bars. And uh, to undo the bars when they uh, go da- do not go down properly, it involves a, uh, something called nails and i'll be the first to admit i just suck at nails so (laughs) i've never been that good so i try to stay away from the beast but any other big roller coaster that's where i'm at or whitewater canyon that's that's another one of my favorites
1: yeah so do you consider yourself a coaster enthusiast
2: Um, oh absolutely um you know i started i'm trying to think i went to the original coaster stock um and then uh, was said 14 or 15. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I went to the next two and then um, made the horrible mistake of uh, working the next year. So I worked a, um, of course, with coaster stock, you get the, you know, the early ride time, which started, I think, at eight o'clock in the morning, which was on Diamondback. So I worked the early shift at Diamondback. And then the late ERT was at Mystic and I had picked up a close at Mystic. So it was like an 18 hour day and oh, wow. 18, that's one thing, but, um, I'm a couple of decades removed from 18. And I, I just remember <laughs> <being separate laughs> last hour at Mystic going, just sit wherever you want and using the height pole just to stand myself up at the end of the night. But honestly, that's what got me into being a ride op is, is being an enthusiast. And, you know, I always wanted to know more, um, you know, I always joke, joke with Don Helbig, you know, uh, you know, his backstage tour at Diamondback is what we call taking out the trash. Because um, that's, you know, you go behind the crypt to put stuff in the dumpster and
1: eh, occasionally
2: you'll wander back there a little bit. And, you know, be, <laughs> uh, I mean, to work there, the behind the scenes stuff you see is just absolutely amazing. You know, when I worked Orion, um, usually because... Most people didn't want to do it. One of the things we do every day is you have to check locks. And I would always volunteer to check locks, which anytime, anywhere the ride comes very close to the ground, that area is fenced off and there's a padlock and it it has to be physically checked before uh, the park opens, before you can send trains. And I was always out there, you know, and basically you, you pretty much walk the ride, you know, from the beginning all the way to the end um and you pick up loose objects and stuff like that but it it offers you a a completely different experience you never see as a guest you know to stand underneath the drop of a ride and look straight up and go yeah that's that's way up there um is Mm -hmm.
1: so what's your favorite ride at the park
2: right now well um my favorite ride to ride right now is, is Orion, but Diamondback will always hold a special place in my, my heart. Um, this year, um, my favorite ride to run uh, was actually Banshee. Um, very fast paced, um, but had a great crew. Oh, actually all Diamondback, uh, Orion and Banshee all had great crews, but this year Banshee's crew was just outstanding and it, it just, it flowed like clockwork when I, whenever I was over there. Um, I think, I don't know, but I think I was the only regular associate, not supervisor, not uh, certified trainer, but just the only regular associate that was drive trained at all three B and M's this year. So.
0: Wow.
2: That and two bucks will buy you, you know, a very small coffee at Starbucks. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> So before we get talking about the 2020 season, we'd like to thank Tom and all the other associate at Kings Island that made this season a success given the circumstances. Obviously the opening was delayed from April until early July. And then when it did open, there were new restrictions in place. What were your thoughts on the new procedures that were put in place?
2: Uh, personally, uh, it was difficult for all the, all the ride associates because a lot of the stuff, um, we were learning about it as, as, as at the same time, the guests were and, and, um, I, I was surprised how, um, uh, forceful they were with us enforcing masks. I was surprised, um, how forceful they were pushing us to, to do the, um, the social distancing in line which on Orion didn't always go that way but w- we we tried very hard to get people to comply with that um but once it finally came together uh, I think we had a really good system going down um normally uh, from at least from Orion uh in Diamondback and Banshee um you would have have people that were checking bars you have somebody driving the ride you would have a greeter you would have a separator uh, with COVID, they added two new positions that we learned on the fly, and one was queue cleaner, which basically was just walking around and, and, uh, and cleaning the queues and any high-touch areas you have disinfectant and, and, and a rag, and you would literally do that for an hour. And the second one is in, uh, at Orion, we called it queue bounce, but that person was just designated to walk through the queue or walk around the queue and uh enforce social distance and and um uh, mass policy and I, I really enjoyed that position because normally i would find somebody in line that i knew a fellow enthusiast and, and we'd talk <laughs> or kind of hop around it's like oh my god they're paying me to do this okay sure um <laughs> overall i thought the guests did pretty well with it occasionally we'd have an issue but uh, for the most part people just wanted to ride and. You know, they, they put their mask on and they do the social distance. So that that was kind of a challenge to us. And I think by the end of the season, we had it down pretty good. I'm really hoping we're done with it for 21. Who knows? Um, only time will tell.
1: So uh, well, let's touch. Oh. Go ahead, Brad.
0: I was going to touch on a couple of things that changed for 2020. Uh, and then we'll kind of go through some of those things but uh obviously the old x-base is renamed to area 72 uh, along with a complete remodel of the area with a new food stand two family bathrooms and of course the debut with the biggest investment in king's island history orion king's island's first giga coaster maybe their last i don't know (laughs) Um, the dodgham building received a new paint job and a new sign which looked really good uh there was new paint on the games building down coney mall New cars were added to Scrambler with new decals. Viking Fury received a new paint job. Uh, The Chef's Plate on Saturdays by the Kings Island Culinary Team at Wishbone Grill International Street, which was new this year. And sadly, Haunt and Winter Fest were canceled for the season due to COVID. Uh, Although there was a new fall event called Tricks and Treats, which ran on Saturdays and Sundays from September 26th through November 1st, the end of the season did we miss anything tom or did i did i miss anything or do you know of anything that uh we don't know
2: I think you nailed it as a matter of fact i was kind of going through my head and i was like yeah i think i think you got it all i think you got it all all
1: right so tom you already touched on the pandemic and how it affected operations at King's Island they started out with reservations for pass holders and guests to visit I never had any issues with it when I attended do you have any issues Brad?
0: No I sure didn't I thought there was a lot of anxiety about how this would go with guests and pass holders but I thought the park did an excellent job of making that happen and making it work uh, I think the biggest thing was can we get our reservations at the time we want to get into the park? And I think that was kind of the, the anxiety from people. Um, but you know, I never really saw an issue with it. I thought that went really well.
1: Yeah.
2: I thought it, it was well done. Um, the, the system was, was fairly flexible. Um, and it allowed, allowed people to do, you know, get in when they needed to get in. Uh, I went with a, a group, uh, actually of Orion associates, we went up to Cedar point and, it was funny because here's a group of ride operators. We walked in and failed to realize we needed to make a reservation. Um, so we have a bunch of Orion ride operators looking at each other going, oh, what do we do now? Uh, I quick whipped out my phone and got four reservations and got in uh, no problem at all while we were waiting for the health screening. So I think uh, if you had the app and you kind of knew what you were getting into, all you needed was a couple minutes of lead time. Uh, obviously Kings Island dropped their reservation, uh, later in the season. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, uh, and, uh, Cedar Point kept theirs. Uh, and I think that was, that was more of a, how busy Cedar Point was. Cause they get busier later in the season where it seems like Kings Island's busy in the beginning of the season. Then it kind of trails off. So, um, one other thing we did and we'll touch on, um, was the reservation cards we ran briefly at, uh, orion um which was supposed to limit capacity and keep our line within reason if you were there on opening day i think at one point our our line actually started at the diamondback splashdown and
0: yeah pretty
1: much
2: you know, nobody wants to wait four and a half hours in line for for a roller coaster especially one that we're not even putting a full load on uh which uh, to my knowledge we never put 32 people even associates we never filled a complete train wow uh, but the cards, uh, the cards went away, uh, mainly because, you know, if you had a card that was from three to four, well, everybody would show up at three o'clock, we'd have a 45 minute line and at three 45, we'd end up sending empty trains because there was nobody else in line So <laughs> get down the greeter and we let people in early and it, it, while it did space the line out, um, it, it led to an awful lot of uh, dead capacity at the end, and I think that's where our, where the cards ended up.
0: Um, it was more trouble than it was worth.
2: I mean, it was it was a good experiment. I think it uh, it, it proved a lot of things. I'm not sure how successful it was at Cedar Point, um, but um, it, at Orion, we 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 could run the line faster without the cards. So that's where they yeah.
1: Went.
0: So then we had the health screening as you were coming in so you made your reservation and you got to the park and you had the health screening how do you think that went i i didn't have any trouble with it i thought it went fairly smooth getting through there and uh i don't know if anyone had anxiety walking up when it was a hot day wondering if you're gonna you know come in with a temperature of 99 degrees and not be admitted in because you're already hot
2: (laughs) um once as, once as a guest, I actually I, I worked an early shift and, and exited the park as, 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 uh, as an associate, changed my shirt, and went back into the park as a guest. And it, it was a hot day, and they took my temperature and they're like, Why don't you stand over in front of the fan for a minute or two? And I did. And I guess I was a little bit hot, but it, it was a very hot day. And then um, he checked my temperature a minute or two later and, and got in. I don't know uh, if everybody listening knew, but every one of the associates had to go through a screening process as well. It was on the backside of human resources, but um, yeah. you, know, you, you get in a you know a 15-minute line to get your health screening done. And uh, the thing that took so long is you actually had to clock in for the one minute that it took to get the health screening done. I don't know why they didn't just add a minute to your time at the end of the day, but though, so, but all the associates got screened as well. So temperature and the same questions that were asked of the guests were asked of, uh, of, um, of the associates. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, like, like the general population, there were, there were a couple of associates that, that did test positive and, you know, they were out for two weeks. Uh, fortunately, most of them are, are young and in very good shape. So, you know, two weeks, you know, from positive test to a negative test and they were welcome back, but uh, there were, more than a couple ended up quarantined so
1: yeah it happened so as you touched on earlier social distancing and lines were enforced and for the most part on my experience and i only got to the park about five times this year most of the guests as a general rule seem to be obeying the markers and the queues
2: yeah I, that was my experience um occasionally you would have a guest complain that say, hey, you know, somebody's walking up on me and you just, hey, you know, can you, uh, you know, just keep a little social distance. We have markers on the ground. And the far majority of guests were like, oh, I didn't even see those. Thanks. And, you know, they, they went right to it. Um,
1: yeah, occasionally
2: on a Saturday night we had, had a guest or two that didn't want a social distance. But I think, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Guests were good about it when when they realized that that the markers were down there Um, uh, and it it wasn't an issue. Actually, it was kind of nice being in line without everybody crushing up against you. Um, uh, Especially on those hot summer days when uh, people are a little sweaty and a little, uh, how shall we say, ripe. Um, The distance. uh, I
0: I wouldn't mind if we kept the social distance markers after this is over.
2: Well. We did uh, the last day on Orion uh, and Banshee. We, we pulled them up, um, and I think they just didn't want to stain the car the uh, concrete. But I would not be surprised if they go back in. Um, who knows? Twenty one is a great mystery, and yeah. uh,
1: it was nice in the beast queue. And it wasn't like this opening weekend, but they eventually altered the queue a little bit so that they were every other row that you were going through versus just staggering the switchbacks
2: we, we would try to do that on Orion until the capacity generally the, the, the role of the queue we want to keep people from being out quote unquote in the street um, so <laughs> we would do every other queue until we couldn't and people were lining up outside the uh, entrance and then at that point we'd have to open the queues unfortunately
1: so, yeah
2: okay. unless it's I, the entrance not set up.
1: (laughs) I know many people were concerned about wearing masks in the summer heat and on the roller coasters and I had no issues with it and I wear glasses and that's a big concern of mine with the glasses fogging up and I had no issues at all.
0: Yeah. Same with me. I didn't have trouble with it. I mean, there were times you did need to take a break. Um, especially when it got a little hot, but, you know, you get a drink, you sit down in the shade, take your mask off, and uh, I never had trouble with it. It was that, not that big a deal, and, you know, you're keeping yourself safe and other people safe around you.
1: Yeah, on,
2: on the ride, we, we, that was probably our biggest mask challenge was, was on the ride, uh, people keeping their masks on. Uh, we would remind them before the train left, uh, occasionally we get a little snappy on our, uh, how was that ride? You know, it would have made it better if you would have kept your mask on, um, <laughs> you know, and I, I think more of it, it was just an education issue. A lot of people didn't realize they had to keep their masks on during the ride. So, uh, you know, they learned even if we eh, maybe shamed them a little bit. Um, and you know, surprisingly, not a lot of people lost their mask on, on, um, Orion we did have uh, a small supply of disposable masks and I would say maybe in your average day maybe three or four people would lose their mask total uh, which considering roller coaster goes 91 miles an hour that's that's pretty good that's pretty good so masks really weren't an issue once people were educated that they had to have them.
0: Yeah I think that was the (laughs) biggest thing is people thinking okay they're gonna get on Orion we're going 90 miles an hour and they're gonna fly off and, you know, I had had that conversation with Don Helbig uh, before the season started, and I tried to reiterate on KIC that, hey, parks tested these things, and they stay on your face. And I don't think I ever saw anyone who actually lost one. I, had, I heard a couple people say that, hey, I bit on my uh, mask while going on the roller coaster just to hold it in place. I thought, well, kind of uh, a unique way of doing it. Um, <clears throat> but i never had any trouble with my mask in fact i had more issues where i thought they were coming off on a flat ride where you're spinning around where the wind can kind of get behind your face underneath of it more than you know riding orion where it's just being pushed against your face
1: yeah my son we were riding the monster and his mask slipped off the face halfway through the ride
2: yeah it really wasn't uh you know once people knew um Although a couple shifts at Whitewater Canyon was great, because as I was loading people into the boat, you know, make sure you wear your seatbelt, keep your you know feet on the floor, keep your hands in the boat, and oh by the way, because it's a water ride, you can take your mask off. And
1: oh,
0: <laughs> <they loved it. laughs> so the next thing we have is uh, loading the trains every other row. Um, I know that brought down capacity, and I know that that's not something. S- uh, Sierra fair or King's Island likes is lowering capacity of the rides. But um, I thought overall it went fairly well. Uh, what's the thought on the associate side?
2: On the associates, of course, we were frustrated. You know, we we really just wanted to, you know, open the spigot and see how many people we could send, uh, you know, and how quickly we could drain a queue if we could put 32 people on a train yeah it never happened. Um, but even with you know 16 people per um, you know, I think it worked out. Probably the most frustrating thing from the uh, from an associate standpoint was the um the alternate alternating where the odd rows were together and the even rows were apart. Um, I understand why they did it and I actually prefer the outside uh seats on Orion um in any row. Um, but, um, you know, to keep the distance, that's unfortunately what had to happen. Um, and they told us at the very beginning, you know, if somebody sits in the wrong seat, you have to stop it. You have to fix it. And, um, they did post signs in the queue. Um, I don't think it worked that well. Um, and we were constantly reminded that was probably the. Uh, one of the biggest reasons that slowed us down was just getting people to, you know, no. unfortunately you're an even row. You can't sit together. Why can't we sit together? Because of COVID. Well, that's stupid. It is what it is. (laughs) Right. Uh, That was frustrating. Uh, Interestingly enough, at Banshee, uh, Banshee could, I don't know how they made the determination, but we could fit, you know, put 32 people on it uh, if we had eight rows of four. Um, we could only put the, uh, the same party in the same row. Um, but um, theoretically, we could have put 32 people on that. And I don't know how COVID affects an invert versus a, a sit down. I, I, I have no idea. But the, the loading process was much, much simpler at, um, at uh, Banshee. Uh, Diamondback, you know, they were doing alternating and it really hurt the capacity over there. You know, that was, you know, the most I'd ever seen the lower Q used on, on, um, on Diamondback and boy, that line didn't, uh, didn't go fast at all. And unfortunately, <laughs> you know, Mystic, which, which for in years past has been just an absolute people eater, um, you know, down to two trains and every other row you're down to 12. It, it just, the capacity was, was, just not what, uh, were expecting it led to a lot of frustration with the guests and you know when you were talking to guests it was always remind you know hey we're doing the best we can you know we're all in this together um i reminded several people hey you know if you were at carowinds you wouldn't be riding fury this year because Fury's not open um, right so i i was very thankful that we are open it, it frustrated us as ride associates just as much as it, it frustrated the gas riding and once again i'm hoping 21 Will, will bring big changes and and uh things will be better um but um if not you know I, i'm I, i'd rather be in the park with 16 people on orion than not in the park at all so
0: right so do we know why they only did two trains was it not to have the write-ups have an extra one to clean or to save money on maintenance over the over the season i i
2: think um and i don't know for sure this is just a guesstimation um but um when they realize that that there's going to be restrictions if we had to run that train that train would just end up stacking um so you know if it's just going to stack are you really increasing capacity not really um and all the trains that were down um the orange train on um on uh, mystic and the purple train on, um, uh, Banshee, both those and the green train on Dimeback, those were all the ones that were scheduled for heavy maintenance. The, you know, the complete teardown that they do once every three years. And when it looked like it may not happen, they just kind of left them in their states of, of, uh, um, not being together. And, uh, I, I think they're together now. They're just kind of in backstage areas, um, you know, doing their time in the, in the, uh, in the picnic shelters um, (laughs) waiting for next year. Uh, There is some debate whether um, because of the reduced cycles, if they're going to have to do the full maintenance over, over the winter um, and they're in discussion with uh, B&M and GCI and, um, they they take all their guidance from the manufacturer. It's not like they're winging it. Um, you know whatever the manufacturer says, but based on total cycles, um, they may be able to um, delay some of the the tear down maintenance that they would normally do. So hopefully right. it's a small benefit for them, uh, or at least for
1: the maintenance staff. So. And then obviously talking about the trains the trains were cleaned off and the ride vehicles were cleaned off periodically throughout the day. Yeah.
2: We, we tried to do it. Uh, it was supposed to be twice, twice an hour. And, and I'll be the first to admit when I was driving, sometimes you're getting in a groove and you're like, I forgot to clean. Um, so, um, we tried to do it at the top of the hour and the bottom of the hour. And usually that worked out pretty well. Um, occasionally people, we, we would forget, but, um, by the end of the season we could get a train cleaned in probably 30 seconds on Orion. We were pretty, pretty quick. Um, you know, the guys up front, guys and girls up front, you know, that person would spray and and just run to the back and then start wiping down from the back to the front. And the more people you had on the floor, the quicker it would be. Uh, Banshee was a little more involved. Um, Mystic was a little more involved. Um, Couple more moving parts that that had to happen, um, but overall, I thought by the end of the season we had the cleaning down pretty pretty good.
1: And that's going to conclude episode ten of the Kings Island Central Podcast: The Twenty Twenty Season in Review, Part One. Stay tuned for episode eleven, where we conclude talking about the Twenty Twenty Season in Review with Brad and Tom. As always, if you have any ideas for future podcasts, please be sure to let us know.
0: Thank you for listening to the Kings Island Central Podcast. KICentral.com is Kings Island's ultimate fan site. For more discussion about Kings Island and other amusement
1: parks, join us over at KICentral.com.